Dead Bodies is not for the squeamish and is intended for mature audiences. Rolling. <laughs> it's the way Kerr said, rolling. Rolling. <laughs> And when we went to talk, and we tro- both hesitated. <laughs> Action! How do you know when to go in TV? Do you know what? That's you? so funny that you say that. Whenever any, and we never say action, but sometimes cameramen do it for a joke and they'll go, <laughs> action, and I burst out laughing every time. <laughs> Makes me laugh. Anyway. If there's a dead body thing, is it? Action. Okay. Uh, who's first this time? You go. May I? Sure. Thank you. I would like to uh, credit both Time magazine which I read about the story in, and also actually picked it up first in, I was reading that, do you remember we spoke to Christopher Bananos about yes. the book about um, Ouija, the photographer? Yes. So there's a reference to this in there. The book's called Flash. Uh, Ruth Brown Snyder. So it's a story about a very, very famous photograph of a dead body that appeared on the front page of the newspaper. Like you wouldn't, I don't think today... You couldn't do that? No. So this is going back to, I think, the 1920s um, when it did happen. Ruth Brown Snyder, I really want to do an accent, but I... Do it. We haven't offended anyone for a few episodes, I don't think. She was from Queens. No, I don't know what the the accent is there. She was born Coffee. Really? No, that's that's Boston. That's a Boston Boston? accent. Oh, what's Queens? Uh... Oh, I'd have to hear it to get it. She was born in 1895. She was a housewife from Queens Village in New York City. She was married to Albert. Albert was an arts editor for Motorboating magazine. And Ruth, happy pants, began to have an affair with a man by the name of Henry Judd Gray. He was a married corset salesman. So their affair went on for three years and she began to plan the murder of her husband. Affairs always end like this. They do, don't they? Yeah. I said to Nicholas the other day, what happens if you cheat on your wife? And he said, she kills you and takes the dogs. I said, (laughs) Just get divorced. It's so much easier. No one's going to end up in jail. Mm. Yeah, just get divorced. So, well, do you know what? I'm tiny bit on Ruth's side at this point because oh. so she's married to Albert mm-hmm. having the affair with Henry. Right. Albert had a picture of his late fiance oh. hanging on the wall of their home. Oh but mate oh, oh her name yeah, was... that's weird. I almost tried to justify it in my brain. No, 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 no sorry. No. Soz. Here's the thing, she'd been dead for many years at this point, oh. the ex fiance. Jesse Jesse Guichard, I think then her name was. Uh, mm. he named his boat after her. Oh just keep her in your heart, mate. And he told Ruth Ruth that Jessie was the finest woman that I've ever met. I can't do it. What's that? I can't do it. What was that? (laughs) uh, uh, No. Okay. So no wonder Ruth was cross with him. I mean, imagine living with the ghost of his ex. Yeah, you'd walk out, Mm. wouldn't you? So Ruth talked Albert, her husband, into taking out life insurance uh, with um, extra, or one that paid extra double indemnity if an unexpected act of violence killed the victim. <laughs> oh, if I tried to do that to Nicholas, he'd go, nope. 
I'm very suspicious of this. Now, according to the man she was having the affair with, Henry Judd Gray, Ruth had made at least seven attempts to kill her husband, all all of which he survived. He's like Rasputin. (laughs) On March the 20th, 1927... The two of them together, Ruth and uh, Henry Judd Gray, garroted Albert Snyder. What's that? Well, I think it's strangled, but they tie a knot in the the, the strangling Can rope. Can I Google it? Yeah, Google it, so that it like chokes in on the windpipe. That's really. I'm not a garroting expert. Garrotted. I don't know anyone who is who I can ring and ask. How do I spell it? G a r o t g a r o e d garroted. I think it's a rope with knots tied in it. Oh. It's a ye olde medieval. Oh, it they is. Were always yeah, that's each exactly other. what it is. Yeah. I accidentally clicked videos. There's demonstrations. Don't do no, it. No, don't do that. No. Uh, they stuffed his nose full of rags that had been soaked in chloroform and then they staged his death as part of a burglary. So the police came along and they went, it doesn't look very much like there has actually been a break in here. And Ruth certainly wasn't acting like a wife who'd, who'd been terrorised and just watched her husband be killed in front of her. In fact, she was very cool and calm. Uh, so they were very suspicious. She said stuff had been stolen in this burglary that had happened, that had resulted in his death. But the police actually found the things that had been stolen. She tried to hide them in the house, but they found them. Honestly, how dumb are you, Ruth? Just throw them out. Oh. Well, then they go through the bins and find them Burn there. them. So anyway, a detective found a piece of paper with the letters JG on it. It was actually a love note that Albert had been keeping from the, the dead ex. Oh, along with all the other things he had of her, Jessie Guichard. But the cop said to Ruth, we found a note from JG. Is that all right? That's all right. No, I, um, and her mind, wasn't bad. rather than thinking of Jessie Guichard, her mind immediately went to her lover because he's in her head. She thinks it's Judd Gray, Henry Judd Gray, that the note is from. And she said, she asked the detectives, what does, what does Gray have to do with it, officer? <laughs> I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> it was the first time that Grey had been mentioned. So the police went, who's this Grey bloke? We don't, they don't use the word bloke. Who's this Grey man? We don't know who he is. So the police were very suspicious. Henry Grey, they tracked him down upstate in Syracuse. He claimed he'd been there all night, but uh, it eventually turned out that his friend had lied and given him an alibi. Uh, Grey was returned to Jamaica, Queens, not Jamaica, the country in Queens, and he was charged along with Ruth Snyder. Um, and while they were locked up and the police were interviewing them, they both turned on each other. And they both each said that the other one had killed Albert Snyder. They were both convicted and sentenced to death. Oh. So on January the 12th, 1928, Ruth Snyder became the first woman to be executed in Sing Sing Prison since 1899. So that's quite a gap. That's yeah. at least 30 years, isn't it? Uh, the court case was massive news, front page. And this is, you know, being in the 1920s, this is, they were just thrilled with anything exciting and macabre. And this is when Ouija was doing his thing and photographing mm. bodies everywhere. Um, so they were, dura- during the trial, they were constantly being photographed. Sing Sing, the prison, made it very clear that no photographers were to be present at the execution. But, of course, there was a huge public thirst for this sort of stuff. Yes. The New York Daily News, they knew that the prison was familiar with most of its journos, so they hired someone from out of town. He was a photographer from the Chicago Tribune, a guy called Tom Howard, and he knew that he would never be allowed into the jail with a camera, so he strapped to his ankle 
a single-use camera. So he had one, one shot. shot. I, I really want to sing Eminem. You know, no. got one shot. No, don't do it. Yeah. I think I've said this before, that my nickname in the family is One Shot Shan. Because you do it in one shot? Because if anyone asks me to take a photo of them, I'll only take one photo. Oh, I thought it would be. I like... will not do cafe photo shoots of people. I will not. And Nicholas loves that. Like, and my sister loves it too. Like, can you take a photo of me up against this wall? Or like, <laughs> can you take a photo of me in my new shoes? And I go, you get one shot. And I always, I just go, boop, that's it. That's your photo. Not good enough. You're going to take several no, for insurance. I don't go up high or low or I just, I don't do it. So you get one shot, one shot, Shan. Make it good. Uh, so... Um, where are we? Tom Howard, he's there. He knew he couldn't take it in. Okay, so he's got the camera strapped to his ankle. Okay. He wired a trigger release up his pant leg. Oh, very low Remarkably, the, the prison staff didn't notice it. So he was able to get in to witness uh, Ruth being put to death in the electric chair. So he was across the room. Uh, must have been sitting in the same room at that point. Yeah. I know it's changed now. You're behind glass, aren't you? Um, I don't know. I've never been to one. What do they do now? Well, I no, feel they're like they're in glass. a separate room and there's glass. Yeah, yeah. I think he, right. he must have been sitting in the room because he was able to point his toe towards the chair and just as she was taking her last breath, snap, he took a photo. And when you see it, and we'll put it up on all our socials, it's, you can see it's been taken from a low angle of her, oh. but she's dead. She's dead. So the camera was rushed into the city. The film was developed overnight. It was one of, they say, the most shocking photographs ever made. And still is, even though it's like really bad quality and it's in the 1920s. It's awful. It's shocking because yeah. you're looking at a dead person. Um, so she's in the chair. You can just see the legs of the prison guard to the right of the photo. Um, and it was published on the front page with just a huge headline that said dead with an exclamation mark. Time magazine said the black and white image was shocking to the US and international public alike. There sat 32-year-old wife and mother killed for killing. Her blurred figure seemed to evoke her struggle, as one can imagine, her last strained breaths. Never before... Never before? Will I say it in English? Go, try. Hmm. Never before had the press been able to attain such a startling image, one not made in a faraway war, one not taken... Of the aftermath, aftermath of a crime screen, uh, crime scene. Why can't What's I speak? What's happening to you? I don't know. You want to I stop for know. a second? Uh, I think their point was, you know, they'd seen death, but they'd seen it in war. They'd seen it in a gangster shootout, but not of a woman. Yeah. You know, here and they're calling her a wife and a mother. And sitting yeah, in a of chair. a woman is quite confronting. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so we both said, mm. Mm. Tom Howard got a hundred dollar bonus for taking the photo. Oh. And so for decades after that, anyone attending an execution had to lift up their pant legs to show that they weren't carrying a camera in there. And to this day, photographers are not allowed into executions. Um, some media outlets have published the frame before death, mm. but they don't ever show the after. actual death. No. Uh, Ruth Snyder's last words borrowed from the crucifixion, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Hmm. The camera was owned for a while by an inventor by the name of Miller Reese Hutchinson and it's now on display at the Smithsonian National Museum of American History. Guns and Roses in 1991 on the album Use Your Illusion, they um, used part of the artwork of the image of her. 
do you want any more dead bodies? Well, yeah. I'm going to give you a little bit more because okay. once I started reading about executions, I then became really interested in oh. who could be there and who couldn't. Yep. 2014, the New Republic published a set of photographs of a chemically burnt corpse. So this body was of a guy called Angel. Is it pronounced Angel or do they say Un- Unhel? Un- oh, I don't know. I'll say Angel to yep. Diaz. He was executed by the state of Florida in December 2006. The author of the piece says that the execution team put, pushed IV catheters straight through the veins in both his arms and into the underlying tissue. Diaz sustained horrendous surface and subcutaneous chemical burns. I looked at these photos. They're gross. It's oh. all discoloured. So they obviously couldn't get a vein. So the oh. whatever they were injecting him with was going into the tissue and not into his system. As a result, Diaz required two full doses of the lethal drugs and an execution scheduled to take only 10 to 15 minutes lasted 34 minutes. It was one of the worst botches since states began using using lethal injection in the 1980s. And Jeb Bush, then the governor of of Florida, responded with a moratorium on executions. Um, So the photos were actually, uh, they were made by a Florida medical examination um, during his autopsy and another death row case was going through the courts and a solicitor was looking through for evidence and found Mm. the photograph so that's how they became public in the end between 1890 and 2010 the u.s executed 8776 people wow that's a lot and apparently of those uh, there's an author. There's a book called "Gruesome Spectacles: Boxed, Botched Executions and America's Death Penalty." Um, the author of that, Austin Sarat, says 276 of those went wrong in some way. Lethal injection of all the different methods has the highest rate of botched executions, about seven percent. Last year, 2017, 23 prisoners were executed. You can actually look and and see the names of all the people who are waiting to be executed. So next year. There are four. Oh, there are four scheduled for December two thousand and eighteen, and twenty two already scheduled for next year. Do you know uh, that's the most common tweet I get? What's that? So obviously, I only tweet about murderers and rapists and child killers, and that's all I tweet about for work. And the most common tweet I get back is "kill them." Really, I get it. All the time. It's not as simple as you think. I mean, I think even with um, the electric chair, people think it goes zap and you're dead. It's not, it takes such a long yeah, time. I know, but I don't mind the idea of people rotting in jail either. Can you I give know? you just one more? It's sure. a terrible one. This is a guy called Clayton Lockett in Oklahoma. The execution team struggled for 51 minutes to find a vein for IV access. They eventually aimed for the femoral vein deep in Lockett's groin. This is, did I say his name, Clayton Lockett? Something went wrong. They said that the vein had blown. They said it exploded. They said it collapsed. So the drugs saturated the surrounding tissue. The director, this gets really weird, this. The director of corrections called off the execution, at which point, rather than continue trying to kill him, they actually started trying to save his life. Ten minutes later, so this is an hour and 47 minutes after he entered the death chamber, a doctor pronounced him dead. 
But the key thing that happened here was when they realised the execution was being botched, they closed the blinds. So no one could see. And it, there's something very weird happens in that moment. It goes from being an execution to just a bunch of guys in a room torturing a person, doesn't it? Because it's, it's, not, it's not like an execution is because it's on public display. It's like, here's what we're doing. Whereas once they hide it, once yeah, they close those curtains. Yeah, who knows what happened. I just thought that was a really interesting moment, yeah. Mm, that's it. That's enough gross, disgusting. Is it? Because I got more. <sighs> okay, this story actually comes from M on our Facebook page, and she says, "Hi, hey, Dee Dee and Chanel, I love your podcast." And she she actually wrote nice things, nice things. I love how people are writing it. I know. We just need to get t-shirts made that say, say nice, nice things, things, nice things. things. <laughs> just thought I'd bring this article I read to your attention. So we have to credit Vice.com here. Mm-hmm. She said. Uh, have a look at it. I'm inclined to ask you the question, would you eat human if you could ethically and legally source it? Oh, my God. I couldn't even eat kangaroo. Oh, no, I don't like kangaroo either. She says, I think I would. <gasps> yep. What? M the eater. Did you hear my stomach known. then? My yeah, stomach just stomach went. stomach growled <laughs> at the wrong time. <laughs> no, it was like going, I'm going to actually Oh, do you sick. think it was wanted to purge? Sorry. She says, I'm the weird one in my family and have brought it up a few times since reading the article and have received some interesting reactions. Love the podcast. Mm. Please do not stop podcasting. So here's the article. So the Vice article is about a guy who uses the name Incredibly Shiny. Do I say this? Incredibly Shiny Shart. <laughs> That's good. Is anyway. that like just like a screen name or something? Yeah, on Reddit. Right. So he had a motorcycle crash that injured his leg so badly it had to be amputated. Mm-hmm. He asked the doctor if he could keep the leg <clears throat> and the doctor said yes. That's asking to keep the leg and then the doctor saying yes. Uh, well, it's your leg though. I, mean, I told you I looked at my mole, right, when I had it cut out. I think I've said yeah. that. That when they cut my mole out and they put that piece of skin on a bit of tissue – and then they sewed me up and I said, can I look at the mole? And it was like a big chunk of skin just sitting there. It's anyway, I didn't ask though. to keep it. But even if the doctor had said no, that's his leg. The doctor can't cut a piece of you off and say, I'm taking this from you. It's yours. Three weeks later, Shiny invited his friends over for brunch. Go on, Shiny. He served them apple strudel, mm, nice. quiche, Mm-mm. fruit tarts, Mm-mm-mm. chocolate cake. They drank. You don't have to do sound effects. <laughs> That's why Kirst is here. Otherwise, <laughs> Kirst can go home. She can put the sound effects in. Do what I like. Stop telling me what to do. They drank gin, <laughs> gin punch and mimosas. <laughs> he served them fajita tacos. Made from uh, his amputated leg. No, he did not. No. Mm, he did. No, he didn't. The US doesn't have a federal law banning cannibalism. Idaho is the only state where eating human flesh can land you in prison. You can't buy or sell human meat or desecrate a corpse, which makes cannibalism difficult, but technically legal in the other 49 states. So you. So he didn't break any laws. There's nothing you. Nothing stopping you chopping up a part of your own self and eating it. Correct. But you can't do it to an, a, another dead body. Yeah. Wow. 
So Vice asked him why he did it, yep. and he said, originally I wanted to have it taxidermied or freeze-dried. How cool would it be to have my freeze-dried or taxidermied foot standing around the house as a lamp or a doorstop or something? People do that with elephant's feet, and it's disgusting. People like, do it to do... their dogs. I would never do it to my dogs. It's awful. It's like having a flayed um, uh, tiger, you know, and turning it into a skin. Why do you want – like the last person who wore it's dead. All of this came out of the idea oh. that it's my foot. It's not going to be cremated and chucked into a landfill. It's part of me and I want it back. He took the leg home and froze it. He couldn't find a dax- a, daxi, a taxidermist who would take him seriously and the freeze-drying, well, that turned out to be too expensive. Yeah, it would be for something that big. He says, I had four friends with me at the time and it was all surreal. We picked it up and we were playing with it. It didn't seem like it was a foot. It just seemed like an object, not a piece of a person. There was no emotional connection. Well, mate, if there was no emotional connection, why'd you keep it? That's yeah. me. Right? Yeah. There good obviously point. was an emotional connection. Yeah. Uh, Vice asked him, How did you convince 10 friends to eat the foot with you? He said he invited 11 people and told them he was their chance to ethically eat human meat, and 10 of them said yes. It's it's seriously making – I feel like I, I can feel vomit coming up. Now, the next sentence starts with the chef. So I don't know who cooked it. Oh, are you okay? <laughs> you just got one of those – you know, those burps that you get before you get to be sick. Are you getting hungry or – okay. No. I'm... So the chef, whoever that is, marinated it overnight and sautéed it with onions, peppers, salt, pepper and lime juice. Then he served it on corn tortillas with a tomatillo sauce – the full recipe is in the article. I don't like peppers. Are we going to put that on the Dead Bodies Facebook page? Why not? Okay. When he asked how it tasted, he said, people think it tastes like pork because in the movies we hear it called long pig, but that term originated in places like Papua New Guinea where they eat wild boar. They're not eating our big fat domesticated pigs that have white meat. Boars don't have white meat. They just don't. I remember eating a heritage pig and it was some of the reddest, most flavorful meat I've ever had. It was almost like venison and I think it's more akin to that. Oh. This particular cut was super beefy. It had a very pronounced beefy flavor to it. The muscle I cut was tough and chewy. It tasted good, but the experience wasn't the best. Apparently, one of his friends actually spat it into a napkin. Yeah. Shiny says the next day he got a phone call from a friend saying, hey, just so you know, I pooped you out. Sorry. You know what? They all deserve each other, don't they? He concluded that the meal gave him closure on the accident. Just going to go back to no emotional connection. Um, I was taking care of this body part that took care of me for so long. I was paying homage to it, giving it a proper send-off. Eating my foot was funny and weird and interesting and an interesting way to move forward. I just don't want to be known as that weird cannibal guy. It doesn't really represent who I am. Wow. It actually does, mate, because you ate your own foot. He invited his friends and they came. What kind of people are these? A little bit of foot and mouth for him. Whoa. You would think apart from anything, it's not, you know, like what he could have had a disease of some sort. If my friend ever said, okay, 
come over for a human taco. So let's say friend has an accident and I'm concerned. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe this has happened to you. Are you okay? Oh, well, I'm going to lose my leg. Oh, that's awful. And then you go to visit them at home and they go, there's the foot. I'm out. Red flag. Even before they've suggested sauteing 100%. It I'm, yeah, I wouldn't even get, like, who's going to, do you want to touch my foot? Are you going to, if I, are you going to touch my foot? That's amputated? Awful. That's great. It, it actually has made my stomach hurt. Thanks, M the Eater, for sending yeah, that in. Thanks. That's a really good story. Uh, from Kim on our Facebook page. Thank you, Chanel, for revealing your dead body hiding spot. Mm, you disappointed? Love your cunt current hiccup, Dee Dee. Laughed and no. laughed. You can't say, you can't reference me and mm. then say, love your... It's done Because I thought that was still towards me. I've done it. So. <laughs> Request. Can you investigate what they do with the dead body in space? Do oh. they release it into the galaxy or they do do they just let it float around in the spaceship? Actually, has anyone died in space? And yeah, that quick, was my question. Has anyone question died marks. in space? Uh, yes, they have. Hmm. Yes. Uh, leaving that one with you. Love, love and more. Kim, listening while on my farm duties. On you, Kim. Farm people are fabulous. They are. I admire them and fear them in equal measure because I just think I could never run a farm. I could never do all the tough, Neither. worky things that they do. And I... You know, like I, I keep myself going and stuff, but on Facebook from Jade. On. What are you still? Well, going? I investigated for. Oh, Kim asked me to investigate. Sorry, Jade. Kim, go to no. I'm saying sorry to Jade, uh, who I was just about to read out. Apologies, go to Jade. Kim. I've just uh, well, I did as Kim asked. Uh, as of 2018, so this year. This is from Wikipedia, so it could be wrong. There have been 18 astronaut and cosmonaut fatalities during spaceflight. Uh, some have also died while training. Now, NASA has no official protocol on what to do with a corpse in space. Oh. If it does happen, they um, say they'll cross that bridge when they get there. There's a website called curiosity.com that has a few suggestions on what to do, though. One is they could keep the body in a corner until it can be sent back down to Earth. But when you think of the smell, they That's... would have to have a special compartment, wouldn't they? To some put of them the would just into. be lost out there, though, right? Because they just float out. No, they can't do that. So hang oh. on, let's start with the compartment. They reckon to actually build a compartment to put the body into would cost about at least $10,000 for each pound that a space agency puts into orbit. So it would be too expensive, in other oh. words, to have a special little airlock or something to put the dead right. body into where you didn't have to smell the smell. Uh, you can't apparently just push it out into space. Two reasons. One, the United Nations forbids littering in space. Oh, no such thing as space junk then. And unless you well, actually there is. Strapped, you can't create it. Sorry. There is. You're not supposed to put it there though. Yeah. Unless you actually strapped a rocket onto the corpse, the body would tag along in the spacecraft's tra- trajectory. Oh, it would just follow behind it. Yeah. Oh. Mm. So, and well, the, then you could do that. So then you didn't have to keep it in the spacecraft and then you could just pull it in at the last second. Before you I've re-entered it out. the atmosphere send me to nasa but it could they reckon that could actually damage the spacecraft as it was re-entering it could get sucked into the engines and well, stuff you pull it in by then but you just don't want it hanging around for days inside you know true mm. um a lot of those deaths by the way happened with stuff that happened on the ground you know yeah, take off okay. and all that sort of stuff uh they reckon that whole idea i don't know if you saw that movie with matt damon where he was growing things on mars and i using, didn't see that movie mm, they reckon they i've told my feelings about space before i don't like to go into it what i've said this Kirst, have I said this about space? Did I space? pay attention? I, I feel like I I've said it. 
You don't want to go? You don't? No, I can't deal with the idea of space because there are no walls and we don't, I've said this before, no. and we don't know where we are and it's confronting. That's true. Uh, well, they're not sure that humans make particularly good fertiliser anyway. Um, but I will just tell you, NASA's strongest plan yet, this is still an investigation, it's a thing called Body Back. There's mm. a Swedish company called Promessa and it is in the process of freeze-drying a corpse with liquid nitrogen until it's brittle, oh. at which point it is shaken into dust. So they have, they would have, take on the aircraft. Like a vampire. Yeah, sort of, yeah. So they would take this inflatable thing onto the spacecraft, put the body into it, put the liquid nitrogen, freeze it, and then they would shake it vigorously. Until While they're crying and howling. <laughs> until it's just dust, and they reckon it would be about 50 pounds of dust, and they would just package that up neatly and bring it back down to earth and say, and say to the husband or wife of the dear departed, there you go. It makes it, it sound looks, like an It looks like a... Like it's the, that easy. <laughs> thing from from the pool. Just pop him in the bag, a... give him a shake, and bring him home. <laughs> Don't confuse it with chocolate quick and stir it into your milk because yes. it won't taste nice. All right, let's get to Jay. Are you done? Sorry about that noise that keeps happening. It's on my jacket. Okay. Jade on Facebook. Hey, ladies. First of all, awesome pod- podcast. <laughs> I know I said it like that. <laughs> I found it a while ago. Binge listen to the episode already released Bingy and religiously listen to your podcast. To podcast. Every new episode. Just listen to the ep on where Chanel would hide her man's body. People are saying her man's body. Everyone Actually, knows. Nicholas. Everyone knows yes. I'm murdering Nicholas. Um, and pleasantly surprised to say that is exactly where my hiding spot is. I'm on the other side of Australia and have a certain part of my town that would be great for getting rid of a body. And it runs through my mind every time I drive past. I don't have any dead body stories. Sorry, but keep up the awesome work. Don't apologise for not having dead body stories because that's good. It means you haven't seen one yet. Hmm. Should we call it a wrap? Want to do one more? It's on the same page as Jade. Okay. Okay. From on Facebook. Hi, D- Hi, Chanel and Dee. I'm loving the podcast. Nice things, nice thank things. You, thank you. Nice Just things, nice things. want to share a dead bodies fact from the air cargo industry. Ooh. As you can reasonably guess, the remains of loved ones sometimes need to travel long distances to return home. The conditions inside an aircraft cargo hold are unfortunately less than ideal. This goes back to the probably the episode where I was talking about where they'd stash a dead body if someone died on a plane. Mm-hmm. The extreme temperature and pressure changes can result in an unpleasant outcome for the staff waiting at the other end. Improbably, improperly packaged bodies have been known to break through the coffin and can be found sitting upright at the end of a flight. This has caused much distress for ground staff, so much so that some refuse to work on flights where HUM, that's the code for human remains, is recorded on the manifest. Wow. Cheers. Oh, no. (laughs) She wrote anonymous at the end. So can we get... No, she won't mind. She won't mind. Are you sure? Yeah, she won't mind. I've forgotten her name already. No, she will mind. We're going to lose another listener. So what you don't know about what just happened is when I read that 
spiel out. Cursed, our producer has had to remove the name because I said her name just beep very loudly that explains at the, the beep start. That you heard. Okay. And that explains the beep that you heard. And then at the end, she said she wanted to be anonymous. She said, "P.S. <laughs> Fortunately, I was never at the plane to see this myself, but I did once work as a cargo flight clerk for an airline. It's only something that can occur when someone hasn't done their job properly. I.e., there are no issues if human remains are secured from movement turbulence." And packaged correctly. Wow. Anonymous person. You know what the lesson out of that is? Do your job properly. The end. Dead Bodies is created by D.D. Dunleavy and Chanel Vela and produced by Kirsten Lim Howe. Contact us at deadbodiespodcast at gmail.com.